0: Welcome everybody to another episode of Always Bev, The Ripple Effect. I am your host, Barb Jordan. Like he kept
1: saying we, as in him and I, which is super weird, but he used we, like we can do this, we can do this together and stuff. What went wrong was meeting this man
0: and trusting him. In today's episode, it's going to just highlight how easy it is for predators to hide behind the internet and how they can make things seem so good to be true and how their manipulation and gaslighting and the way they can control a situation, all of these things where you don't have to see their face, you don't have to meet them in person, they are able to twist and turn Not only stories, but the decisions that we make. Listen to how many times today our guest says the words weird and trust. And I want to remind everybody, we must always honor when we say no. My guest today is Nicole Hutchinson. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me. And I got to say it ahead of time for sharing this this story and experience that happened to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me as well. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Okay, good, good. Now, listen, you started doing online dating and you found a site called Hinge. But before you got to Hinge, were you ever on a different platform for online dating?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for any young person, we're kind of doing the online dating, especially now with COVID and so I was on Tinder, I was on Hinge, and those were the two main ones I was on. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so you it wasn't the first time you, you were on an online dating site when you met this guy? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, have you ever had any concerns about online dating?
1: You know, the biggest concern I've kind of always had is being catfished and because that's kind of what you naturally think about online dating is like meeting someone that's not who they say they are or you know potentially physically meeting someone and then it ends up in a bad position that you can't get out of or you try to and it could end up really bad so those were the main um i would say biggest things that i always kept in mind in online dating
0: okay so you had some awareness about you
1: Yes, 100%. <laughs> Never okay. did I ever think about what would happen to me, though.
0: <laughs> well, let's talk about hinge. So hinge matched you with somebody. And what was this guy's name? What was this guy's name?
1: For sure. His name was Hal. Um, and he at the time I was in California because I was supposed to be um, moving out there this year. And I went to school out in California. So I kind of wanted to, you know, meet people out there and kind of befriend people or potentially go on dates and I matched with this guy named Hal. Mm-hmm.
0: And did he say he lived in California?
1: Yes. His um, profile said he lived in, um, I was in Southern California. So he lived in Beverly Hills. I was in um, Claremont, which is still in the LA area. But he, his profile said California, Beverly Hills. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: so right away he he strikes up money by listing he lives in Beverly Hills. Ooh, la la. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, so how long did you interact with this guy on Hinge?
1: Yeah, it was literally, I would say our interaction on Hinge was maybe one or two days, and then he kind of got me onto WhatsApp, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And on WhatsApp, how long did you guys communicate? Did you, like, what did you think the first time you saw him?
1: Yeah, so first time I saw him, you know, obviously now looking back it's a fake profile but in the um profile you know it has videos now with um any apps now they're starting to do video stuff so i think that's also something that let down my guard not thinking like you know it's hard to it's easy to catfish i think on a still image but i think it's harder when it's a a video but anyone can like take a video and make it their own so that being said um his profile was really neat um i don't remember exactly what his like his quotes were in topics but i just remember okay he's a nice looking guy um and he was asian at the same time so as being in tennessee and not having a huge asian community i've always gravitated towards california just because of the diversity out there and um that being said like i don't have any Asian friends, really. So I was like, okay, cool. This is someone I could talk to. And that's kind of how we matched.
0: So you saw him on the videos, which what what was striking about his videos that you liked?
1: Um, I think it was more so the one video he had, it was super weird, but it was just him brushing his teeth. And it looked very normal. It didn't look like he was trying too hard or anything. Um, and so I think why I matched with him, I was like, okay, well, it's obviously a video. So that looks like his face on the other photos. Um, so that's why I was like, okay, I'll just match with him and see if he matches back. I never like reached out and said, Hey, um, it was just more of like, okay, he looked nice. And then he's the one who pursued me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, prior to this, your mom had recently passed away. Is that correct?
1: Yes, she did pass away. Um, Now it's going on two years. She passed away in February of 2020, um, right when I was about to graduate. And then um, we sold the house in October 2021.
0: Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. And so it was still, obviously, it's still a, a fresh wound. Do you consider yourself now looking back that you were vulnerable while you were doing online dating, having this recently happened to you?
1: 100%. Yeah, I think, you know it's hard um because during the time of just everything was happening and i i don't want to just put it on myself i i think everyone in the world was going through a hard time with covid and everything and for me personally with my mother passing trying to graduate college and then coming back home to taking care of my 94 year old grandmother and then trying to juggle these expectations of what to do and being an adult, you know, at the time when my mother passed, I was 22, I didn't know anything about losing a parent. Um, Luckily enough, I had my dad to support me and help me, but even still it was very unknown. And the waters were very unclear of like, how do I, she didn't make a will. So it was like, I was the only kin. Um, So juggling, trying to get the house in my name and trying to figure that out. and deciding with my dad that we should sell it because it's too big for us. I didn't want to be in Tennessee. I wanted to start my life out in California. Um, There was a lot of pressure, I think. And that being said, I think I suppressed a lot of emotions, just actually just going through the motions and not processing everything. So I think I was very much in a vulnerable um, spot at the
0: You go to online dating to do something for Nikki, to make Nikki feel good. Maybe you're going to meet somebody and and it's going to be something that, you know, that gives you a lot of happiness. How did you tell how that your mom had recently passed away?
1: Yeah, I think any, um, any form of trying to get to know someone and connect, you kind of have to be a little bit vulnerable in a sense. Um, it started off just like asking about hobbies and stuff. But eventually, you know, he asked questions and I asked questions about past, um, you know, situations and stuff and just trying to get to know one another. And I did share that, you know, I just uh, my mother passed away and I just sold my house. And that's why I was out in California trying to meet people.
0: Uh, And when you said sold the house, did he realize that you were the one getting the money for the
1: house? I'm pretty sure, yeah, that kind of seemed to be the thing because he kind of asked, like, it, do I have any siblings and stuff? And, like, you know, just trying to get to know one another. And I do have an older sister, um, not related to me. It's my dad's first wife's daughter. So we're not super close. Um, that being said, I'm the only daughter to my mom. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of just fell into he found out that information naturally, because that's kind of what you do. You kind of share that, not thinking that they're going to take that and run with it. Take
0: advantage of you. Take advantage of you. Do you think looking back that he was poking around a little bit for information?
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think dating apps are the way to do it if you think about it. So I think he was definitely trying to figure out if I would be a great Kill essentially for what happened.
0: <laughs> okay, so you're 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 engaged in conversation with how you're enjoying him, and somewhere along the way, he says something that just is so nice because he wants to do something for you, and he says a phrase to you: "We should bring some change to your life and bring you some extra income." Did he say something like that to you?
1: Yeah, he definitely mentioned just like once I shared my story, he felt sorry for me. And I told him like a hundred percent in full honesty, don't feel sorry for me. Like I have my family, like, you know, I I'm happy. I have friends and stuff. And he, you know, he just kept saying, no, I want to like help you and stuff. And I think what you have done now is very like powerful. And, um, and so that being said, like, he just kept reiterating, but in a nice way of like, yeah, I, I want to help you. I think I can be beneficial to you and stuff. And you know, that was the first time, obviously, I, I was hesitant, um, much so, but I think he just really kept pushing and egging that on that I started to almost be like, wow, he, this guy really wants to, you know, be friends with me, or like, help me out. And I was just like, I don't know if this is a weird coincidence, so I kind of just kept moving forward and talking with him, and that's kind of how he got me into this fake platform.
0: You have said two words. When I hear two words, I always think yellow flag. One is when I hear the word weird in a sentence. When people say, that's weird, I always think, oh, my (laughs) God, trust your intuition. And then the other one is, oh, my God, what a coincidence. (laughs) I think to myself, no, let's take a step back and look at this a little bit differently. All right. So how long did you talk to Hal before he made this proposition that he's going to help you get rich?
1: Yeah, he so it kind of came up again naturally. Um, And so we just started talking about hobbies and I asked him about his and he rambled off a few. And ended with cryptocurrency well me just trying to relate and trying to i rattled off mine and i said that's really cool that you do cryptocurrency you know right now it's so big and popular in social media that it's it's everywhere you know especially for young adults you hear it on tiktok and instagram and the news and all that stuff um and so I said, oh, that's really cool. I want to learn about cryptocurrency, but I have nowhere to begin. And that's when he was like, well, I can teach you. And- mm.
0: All these things he was so willing to do for you. What a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you gave him a little bit of money. You didn't give him a lot of money, but you how much did you first invest in crypto?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess one thing I do want to make clear and is that i guess where i didn't see the red flags is he never asked me to send him money directly even though he was associated with this platform i never got the feeling he was till the very end um so he shared me the link he shared me crypto.com coinbase all this stuff and then the platform that looked like a day trading site so to me I had no idea. So I should have done more research, but it looked like a day trading site. I saw numbers and stuff and where you can sell. So that being said, he said, you know, start with a small investment. He suggested like a thousand dollars just to see if I liked it and see if, you know, what I thought about it. And again, not knowing what to do, he was like, I will show you exactly the steps to do it. And so he shared with me the exact steps. And then there my, there goes like, I think I had $200 from profits. So yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so you made a small investment, a $1,000. Is that your first investment?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and right away, it turned into a small profit.
1: Yes, uh, it turned into a small profit. And then he was the one that was like, oh my gosh, you got $200. And I was just like, really confused because I've never done it. So I was just kind of trusting him in teaching me, I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And he's like, well, now you should invest, like, you should invest another 1000. And I'm like, at that moment, I was like, No, I think I'm good. Like, I was really scared and nervous. But he just kept using words and started saying, like, look, if you just do another one, I think you can make blah, blah, blah. And I can't think of the one on top of my head. But like he said, probably like $200 more because you invested a $1,000. So I I put that trust in him, I guess, in showing me and teaching me, which is not what you should ever do to someone you've never met before. But yeah.
0: And did you know that crypto is not FDIC insured that it's not regulated? Did you know that before you invested? So,
1: yeah. So I knew just the bare minimum of cryptocurrency. I didn't know I I think I knew it was the wild, wild west, like it's not really regulated, but I just knew it was so big. You see it everywhere. So I was like, okay, well, everyone's hopping on it. Um, My dad's friend who's in finance was literally telling me about cryptocurrency and how we should invest, um, you know, now because it's so prevalent and it's going to get bigger and bigger in the future. So unfortunately you know having that conversation then meeting this guy that knows crypto it just kind of worked like worked in a bad way for me but yeah
0: all right so you started so you put more money in you saw more returns and then he talked you into getting a crypto wallet is that
1: right that's definitely part part of it i would say um i guess the big to be honest i am still learning um myself so he told me to make an account for, with crypto.com and I'm assuming that also means making a wallet and he showed me that but every investment I put in with my money I put it into these authentic accounts which is the crypto app and coinbase but where I was making the wrong part and wrong decision is I'm was transferring that currency into this fake Investment platform that was taking my money. And who was making
0: that transfer? Were you doing that based on his encouragement?
1: Yes. So he, again, it was like all via WhatsApp of where he was sh- sharing, and like I would screenshot exactly what I'm looking at. I would send it to him. That's what he told me to do. And then he would mark it and say, click here, click here, do this, and say exactly this when you go to this platform. And I was trusting him because. I asked he was like, I'm well knowledge in it. I have so much experience. I've used this platform before. I I know what I'm doing. And I told him what was again, all of these are red flags, but like in the moment you're just trusting this person. And I was asking him, like, well, I don't know really what I'm doing. Like I thought you were gonna teach me. And he's like, I am teaching you. Like, this is exactly what you need to do. And I guess I should have questioned him more, but every time I did do those little questions, he would twist it on me. Mm. And I guess, again, we can hop into that eventually, but a form of manipulation and then eventually gaslighting.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay, refresh my memory again. How long were you dating him
1: before you did this investment? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I never dated him. Um, It, weirdly enough, turned into what I would say a friendship, but he considered a brother-sister relationship just because a weird connection, probably a lie, is that he was from the Anhui province, which is where I'm from um, because I'm adopted. So there was this weird, or I thought was a a nice bond that I was like, oh my gosh, I've never met someone from China that's from the same province as me. And I'm the one who actually brought that up because it was in his Facebook, or I'm sorry, um it was in his hinge bio that he's from onway province and i was like just trying to fish too i was like i saw on hinge but we were on whatsapp so i was just kind of seeing like uh, what he would say and i kind of said you know i'm from the onway province and then he said oh i live close by there but i was born in onway and i was like oh my gosh that's crazy and then we made this weird joke that i'm like i could be your long-lost sister and then he just ran with it he was like you really could I want to like treat my sister I've always wanted a sister blah blah blah. and so that's where it developed this relationship of almost like someone taking me under their wing you know that's the feeling I felt and um, again it never went in a romantic setting and I I told him from the get-go I'm like I don't think I want to be romantically involved with you, but I would love to be your friend. Thinking that he was in California and we could meet and, you know, be friends. Um, But that relationship uh, started in mid-November and ended mid-December when I found out it was all a fake lie. It was a scam, a lie, whatever you want to call it.
0: (laughs) So all within a month, this unraveled.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: One month one month. <laughs> all right. Let, it's all right. Um, okay, so let's go back to this. So you invest Oh, my God, we have a profit here, you invest again, and you just keep seeing profits. What did your profits add up to?
1: So the profits eventually added up to 1.2 million. That was when he was very aggressive between, I would say, early December, he was super aggressive, of like, look at this money. Um, you know, one reason why he kept pushing me is he kept telling me on this platform that when you hit a certain tier you got like i guess interest he called it bonuses but how i thought of it again i thought it was a weird um language barrier because he was from china um i thought it was just weird how he said that but i considered the bonus being an interest so if you hit a certain Bonus, which at first it was fifty k, he wanted me to hit, then a hundred, then two hundred, and and so on and so forth.
0: So the question is, you got all the way up to one point two million dollars. So what so, happened when you when you got to one point two million dollars?
1: So when my dad and I both got to one point two million dollars, we went. Wait, 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 up, wait, wait, wait! And-
0: How did your dad get into this? When did your dad join up in this month?
1: Yeah, of course. So he joined up probably mid or like early December is when um how pretty much was like he wanted us to get to 400k. And he want like he kept saying we, as in him and I, which is super weird, but he used we like we can do this, we can do this together and stuff. And you know, I only had 280 and I told him, I'm like, I can't do anymore. Like, and that's when he wanted me to try to take out loans, try to, do I have a 401k? I'm like, I know nothing about this. I'm 24 and I, I'm still like learning myself. And I'm like, I don't have a 401k. I don't, I'd never taken out a loan before. And um he's like, Well, I don't know what we can do if we can't get to this bonus. And I'm like, well. I don't know either because I can't, I don't have anything. And he was like, well, you know, I think your dad should get into this. And I was like, I don't think he would be interested in this. And it's like, he doesn't know crypto. I'm still trying to learn crypto from you. And he was like, well, I can help you guys. I'm helping you right now. And I'm like, I did see profits. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's a thing. But I was so hesitant to bring him in. And at that point, it was weird because he kept pushing me, you know, it seemed very urgent. And I look back and I see all these red flags, but in the present moment, you're just trusting this one person because this is the only one contact that you have. And I think he used that against me, to be honest. Um, and I remember going to the fake platform because he made me go to the fake platform and go to customer service to talk about like, hey, how long do I have? to get to this bonus essentially and they would say you have 15 days to get to this bonus um so it put a sense of like pressure on me and i was like oh my god like i didn't he never told me about there's a time limit on these investments and so i was like i really don't know what i'm doing and he's like no trust me i i'm gonna take care of this um and so he he really convinced me he's like you and your dad could live a better life and obviously I was doing this to you know help my future and you know just help my future also thinking that I could help my dad I'm like well I know my dad was talking to me about like potentially you know we all talk about our finances and stuff so I was like okay well I'll just bring it up to him casually and just see if he's interested because he knew my dad knew that i was making these wire transfers these big wire transfers to coinbase and he was like are you like what exactly are you doing and i was like well i'm doing cryptocurrency and he's heard about it a little bit on the news and i showed him my investments and my profits and then that's when he was like oh wow like you're actually making something and i'm like yeah i mean you can definitely hop in and we can do this together and we can cash out of it like at the end of this month if we want to and that's kind of how he got involved and that's what our plans were is to cash out at the end of the month and by the end of the month with all the investment and interest we got up to 1.2 but we put in around around 390k which is everything we had at that time yeah
0: so i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and so when you went to do your withdrawal when you went to take out all your profits what happened
1: yeah so that's when it hit the fan um we i went to the customer service platform talked to them and i said i want to withdraw that's what how taught me and what they hit me back with was okay you can get your money but you need to pay these taxes before you can withdraw and that's when I just my brain and my heart well my heart just dropped and it felt like a huge rock in my stomach um because I he never told me that um he how never said I had to pay taxes and I remember specifically telling him prior to all of this probably in end of November I was like how easy is it to withdraw like I asked him that he said oh it's super easy I've done it before well I go straight back to him when I find out about these taxes I'm like you never told me there was a tax he's like it's well he pretty much was like oh well you know it sounds like you need to pay taxes I'm like yeah but you never told me that you said you've withdrawn before and he's like no I never said I've withdrawn before and then that's when I was like second guessing myself. Honestly, I was like, I'm pretty sure you did. And he's like, no, I never did. And I'm like, something's not adding up. How much did they want in taxes? They wanted over $360,000 worth of taxes. Oh my gosh.
0: Okay. So obviously you didn't pay the $360,000, did you?
1: No, thank goodness. Um, But unfortunately I did have take out a small loan because that's what he kind of wanted me to do is to take out a loan to help with you know getting money back and all that stuff and I did take out a loan because of him and he shared me the website and it's a legit website but now I have a loan um so that I did pay a little bit but after that I knew something's not right and like we didn't have any like we didn't have anything to sh- like get alone you know we had no money really right in our right right um, nikki were you dad, laying
0: in bed at night
1: saying how am i gonna get my money out were you laying awake oh, at night i was i remember that night when i found out we were um it was like one in the morning or something and i my heart just I felt like I ruined not only my life, but I think the biggest thing and fear I had was I can't believe I helped my dad invest in this fake platform. And that's the worst feeling, I think, any child to think that they have put that financial strain on a parent and the parent trusting you and truly me thinking that I was doing the right thing. And, you know, this was actual, a a legit profit and stuff. So my thing was thinking of my dad. That was the first instinct when I found out about these taxes is like, how do I tell my dad? Because in that moment I was thinking, do I really need to pay taxes? And then I was, again, I've never invested in my life, but I knew I can pay taxes usually with the money in you know, the profit. I thought that's how they did that. So I was like, I asked them, I said, well, why can't I just use the money I made and pay those taxes? They kept saying well you can't you need to pay the taxes first and i just didn't understand so in that moment i was you know ruminating the whole night i couldn't sleep i couldn't eat um because i was just going back and forth of like how did i do this and like thinking back about like what went wrong really and what went wrong was meeting this man and trusting him (laughs) so far since i said that sentence about weird and red
0: flags and coincidence, you've said the word weird five times. (laughs) Do you know that? (laughs) No. (laughs) So there was definitely, your intuition was definitely, you know, starting to work for you as this unraveled. And I'm really big on women specifically listening, listening to their intuition. So your intuition was working. The problem was, is your money was out of your control. It had already left your hands and there was no way for you to get it back, but you knew you already knew that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i did um i i started to you know when i got hit with that i started to really think of the situation and i knew that the odds of getting anything back were so slim because i didn't know how to like cryptocurrency once it's gone you know it's in this digital realm so it's like oh my god like what have i done with the profits of the house with and also helping my dad it just a lot goes through your mind and I was definitely in a dark place at the time just feeling guilty putting all this pressure on myself that I've made a huge mistake and um anything with finances I think society just in general you know there's a lot of judgment um and i think that was another fear of mine of like especially telling my dad of like judgment that we've lost all like pretty much everything i remember we didn't have we didn't even have a thousand dollars in the bank it was really low at the time so it just like feeling that financial strain and knowing that i did that was really really hard to i guess like it wasn't i knew i could admit to it but i think it was just like knowing that it could have been stopped at an earlier stage is where I kept thinking back of like, I should have stopped. And I kept, again, I I should have, like you said, I should have trusted my intuition because there is moments where he's like, you can add more. And I'm like, no, I'm perfectly fine where I am. Like I'm, I'm fine where I am. And I should have been more persistent about that. Um, but I, I wasn't, I, you know, he really took my core values of family and, you know, of just my emotional state and vulnerability and just ran with it. And, and at the time I didn't have any of my friends around me. So he was really my only friend slash connection that I kept, you know, we texted every day. Yeah. Um, so I think he really found a weakness and kind of use that to his advantage. Really?
0: Yeah. He prayed on you. In fact, when you said that he was like, we're in this together, we're going to do this. I'm going to help you. We're going to make a profit. They call that teaming. And there you are vulnerable. You just lost your mom. You want somebody in your life. And he prayed on you. He absolutely preyed on you and manipulated you and guilted you. And you were smart enough to stay no, to say no, but he just kept going right at you. And so, you know, I appreciate you sharing this story because so many others can learn when we say no, we need to stick to our no. And it's not always easy, especially when you're vulnerable, like, you know, and life sometimes puts us in vulnerable situations, but we have to learn to honor our no. And I I hope that that's something that you'll do the rest of your life.
1: A hundred percent. Now, I mean, you know, again, I, I was in a really dark place. I found an organization um, that I think just really supported me throughout the whole process. It's called the Global Scam Anti-Organization. And they if I didn't find them, I don't think I would be here talking to you, to be honest. I truly believe that their support is what brought me the courage to share my story and come forth. during the time when the whole tax extortion came along i was just so i just felt so alone i felt so isolated alone i had no one you know no one knows that experience except myself and my dad and at the time it was really painful for my dad to you know accept that we lost this money and I was the one, I felt like I was the one to blame. He didn't put blame on me, but I felt the pressure of guilt and blame that I put on myself. And I just remember we couldn't really talk about it because it was so hard. And I remember calling my friends bawling and crying and they were so supportive, but like, you know, they can't, experience like they don't know that experience but they can be a support but i just felt like i needed someone else who could understand a sense and so i did my research i found out exactly what this is called it's called pig butchering i never had an i like any clue that this was an actual scam like abc testing they this like these people do and um when i read this article about pig butchering They shared a statement from the Global Scam Anti-Organization, also known as GASO, and that's when I reached out to GASO. I went to their website, and they have an online chat, and so that's when I started talking to someone, and it was a real live person, and they asked about my situation, and that was the first time I just started writing my whole story to this random person, but it was the first time when they said, we understand you you're not stupid. You're not alone. Like we have a team. We have a community that supports people just like yourself. And that was the first time I felt not alone or felt like I made a poor decision. Like I know I did, but knowing that, Hey, these people prayed off you and, and that's something that's not right. But we have a community that, you know, they work to help find um, these pretty much criminals, you know, they're trying to work with the FBI, they're trying to work and they have a, um, a contact that you can share exactly where, um, what wallet she used, and then they try to track it down for you. So they want to help and they're trying to gain more attraction. And I just want to support them because again, I don't think I would be here if um, if I didn't have a support system like them. So
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. The global scam anti organization is that correct?
1: Yes, yes.
0: Awesome, Um, awesome.
1: It it's actually I don't I know I'm probably talking a little too much, but like it's a nonprofit organization, and the person who founded it was a female who also got scammed, um, and was a victim of pig butchering. So a lot of these volunteers they work for free, tires tirelessly, um, trying to just help people like us. So it's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry that this happened. And I certainly hope that Gasso can help you. I hope there's some way they can retrieve your money. Um, but I want to thank you for being brave and courageous to share this story because you are absolutely going to help others from falling prey to a scam like this for sure.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much for like allowing me to share my story and, um, I, I think if I can share my stories to help others or if they're in a certain situation where it could potentially get to a, a case like this, I would love to think that there is hope that, you know, they stop beforehand or this can be stopped right at the beginning stages. So Um, I just appreciate the platform and thank you so much for your time and everything. So, oh yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you, you, Nikki. I hope we stay in touch and I want to thank you for being a part of always Bev, the ripple effect.
1: Of course. Of course. Thank you. Anytime. And I hope we stay in touch as well.
0: People between the ages of 18 and 29 years old are quickly falling prey to this type of scam. And this is why we have got to have conversations about this, that people hide in online dating. They hide behind the internet. They say one thing, they might try to have that thing, like what a coincidence. They team up and they say, we're in this together. They'll do almost anything to get you to fall prey. So if you're sad if you're lonely, if you're feeling burdened or frustrated, whatever it is, you still have to stay smart. You still have to understand who you're engaging with and who you're sharing this type of personal information with. And remember, when you say no to somebody, listen, your first thought is most likely the right thought. Always stand by your no. Trust your intuition. In our next couple episodes, some really, really um, detailed events. One coming from a survivor from an active shooting at Borderline in Thousand Oaks, California, and also the best friend of Susan Powell. You may have caught her story on 2020, a woman that went missing after her husband took their kids on a camping trip in the middle of a blizzard. I'm your host, Barb Jordan. Thanks for joining me in another episode of Always Bev, The Ripple Effect.